The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. again to it came from the radio the official show of the big apple con this is your host mark torres speaking with me once again via social distancing is none other than the life with jenner g's jen elise feldy hello good evening good afternoon whatever time you're listening to this broadcast so um this week's show is going to be different this is basically a tribute show um the other two times we did this was when gene wilder had passed away the actor and when stan lee everybody knows who stan lee is he uh also passed away so we basically took most of the the show just talking about them um a friend of the show someone uh who's a uh big influence for the years that i've known her uh has passed away uh elsie ginsburg um, she is uh, Elsie Ginsburg Martinez. She died on July 14th, 2020 uh, at 8, 11 p.m. EST. We'll be talking about her. But before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25, almost 26 years now of pop culture-ness and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. And I know, hopefully, eventually, maybe sometime in 2021, they're going to have a convention. Who knows what's going on with this world? But keep an eye on that website for more information. And I want to give out the shout-out for our Patreons, of which there are... Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and The Huracan, which is a convention in a church in Long Island. If you want to get your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com and look up It Came From The Radio in the search bar. Uh, Alright, so let's just take it away with uh, the mostly sad news, because this is all sad with a little bit of a bright silver lining in there. For our show. Um, Alright, so actress, singer, and model Naya Marie Rivera died recently. Uh, her body was discovered five days after her four year old son was found alone in Naya's rented boat in California. Um, Naya was most famous for her role in the TV show Glee, but Naya also appeared in such shows as The Royal Family, Family Matters, Baywatch, The Bernie Mac Show, Devious Maids, and Step Up High Water, just to name a few. Uh, on the big screen, I appeared in such films as At the Devil's Door and Mad Families, just to name a few. Uh, were you a Glee fan? Do I look like I was a Glee fan? Um, you could be a closet Glee fan. <laughs> you're right, you're a closet Glee. I, I, after film festivals and uh, all of my talking. Oops. Ah! You know, that shouldn't be a curse word, by the way. <laughs> we need to abolish that as a curse word, because it's really not. But anyway. Cancel that, culture. Cancel culture that. Yeah, I cancel, cancel culture. <laughs> that's what I do. I watch Glee privately. Sure. You, you were saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how I balance out my day and keep it more wholesome. I watch Glee at the end of my evenings by myself. With popcorn. What's heck? no, <laughs> what? no, an R.I.P. Loss of respect and quick question. I'm not. I'm actually tr- not trying to be snarky, but this one. This is not a snarky show, by the way. This is my snarkiest one. Um, they said they found her little boy alone on a boat. Was that alone with her body on a boat, or is this alone on a boat? So what happened was, according to the four-year-old son, because this is the last person to see her alive, right. um, he was. They were swimming. And he was, I guess, drowning or he was having trouble swimming. And so she rescued him and put him back on the boat. And then she wow. drowned herself. Wow. 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 Okay. So <sighs> she spent the last months of her life saving her son and then she just disappeared. I mean, according to a four-year-old son, she put him in the boat and then she disappeared. That was 
and, you know, but you gotta put the connect the dots of what happened. So yeah, the uh, ear disappeared. Well, I mean, from his point of view, ah, uh, okay, okay, he was there, and then she I wasn't was like, there. Don't tell me this is another Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself situation. No, 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 no. Uh, they they say no foul play. Um, they found the body a couple of days later. So yeah, um, she was a young thirty three. So that's that's rough. Yeah, it's, it's uh, younger than me. It's pretty sad. Hopefully she had a good time while she was here, right? Yeah, that's, that's what you always say. Yeah. Um, moving on for some more sad news, because uh, it's, it's downhill from here. Um, actress and model <clears throat> Kelly Kamela Hua Smith, better known as Kelly Preston, also died recently. Uh, she died from cancer. Uh, Kelly uh -huh. appeared in more than 60 television and film productions, including <clears throat> Ten to Midnight, Space Camp, Amazon Women on the Moon, which I love that movie, Only You, Citizen Ruth, Jerry Maguire, Jack Frost, the one with uh, Michael Keaton in it. It was two Jack Frost. Uh, Battlefield Earth, What a Girl Wants, The Cat in the Hat, Sky High, Death Sentence, Old Dogs, Gotti, the original Hawaii Five-O, For Love and Honor, Fat Actress, Medium, and CSI Cyber, just to name a few. Uh, of note, her husband is none other than John Travolta. And she played the wife of John Gotti. Yeah. Um, she was in contact with Victoria Gotti, too, receiving uh, private letters from her and studied the family before... She produced this film, or was starring in this film, excuse me. So were you a fan of uh, Kelly Preston? Um, uh, a big no. I mean, I've seen her work, and I admire it, respect it. I'm not really a fan of most things. I'm not really a fan-type person, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But you can appreciate the work that she did. Mm. I appreciate the work she did, and she seemed like a very nice lady and good support system, John Travolta, and now i got to see Gotti. <laughs> Uh, she was a uh, spry, uh, 57. All right, so last... Oh, wait, is this the last bit? Is this the, no, technically it's the last bit of sad news, but the rest of the show is sad news, so even more sad news. Um, Mythbusters co-host Grant Masura Ihamara also died recently from a brain aneurysm. Uh, in addition to his work on the aforementioned series, Grant worked at Lucasfilms in a THX division as an engineer and in the Industrial Light and Magic division in visual effects. Uh, of note, Grant also appeared on the television show BattleBots, first as a contestant and later as returned as a judge. Um, also, in 2010, Grant created Jeff Peterson, a remote-controlled robotic sidekick with Craig Ferguson, which appeared on his Late Late Show. Uh, the robot was a huge part of the program until Craig left the show until 2014. Um, were you a fan of the Late Late Show? Or did you watch it? Did you appreciate that? I, watch, I like Ferguson. Yeah, I think he's very funny. So you remember the gay, the gay robot sidekick? That was him. I've heard that the robot he created said almost killed him a few times or several times. <laughs> he said it was a bit of a liability. <laughs> yeah, and it always broke down. I mean, the fact that it, when it used to break down was, was part of the humor. And he was like, it's totally legit. It used to break down and... Uh, they actually uh, started off as having a pre-recorded dialogue for the sidekick, and then they made they modified it so that way it could be a fully operated sort of robot. I mean, his head moved side to side, his mouth opened, his eyes glued, glowed, glued, and his arm moved up and down. But uh, he brought That's his That's to make a robot more human-like. You have it break down once in a while, just like humans do. <laughs> I break down like every four weeks or so. Really. Yeah, I need to, like, chill. After, like, four or five weeks, I just need to chill for a couple days. Huh. How interesting. You get plugged in? Yeah, it's like I got to take the plug out. Be like, you know what? Shh, everyone be quiet. I'm unplugging. Shut down. Robot. Uh, shut down. Game over. And then I come back. <laughs> it's like, oh, system rebooting. Hello, world. So, uh, he was a young 49. <laughs> Must have been a genius to create that. I think he's responsible for R two D two and a few films too. Um, he he worked on it. So oh. I mean, originally it was a guy in a suit, but then it was a remote control, uh, autonomous uh, character R two D two, and also CGI at some points. But yeah, yeah, he did a lot of great work, and uh, it's like I said, it's, these guys died young. This was a young uh, sad news segment of the show. It is a lot of cancer too. 
we're going to celebrate the next life, so it won't be all sad. I'm, I'm sure she would want us to celebrate her death and not be too sad. It seems like that. So yeah. we can treat it as a celebration rather than uh, sadness. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so before we get to that, let me just uh, quickly mention uh, the, the one bit of happy news that we have uh, from the Seamless Self-Motion Department. Uh, none other than it came from the radio's very own Mark Torres will be part of the Apex Comic Panel for this year's virtual San Diego Comic Con, which is Ooh. this weekend, uh, well, next weekend, uh, the 24, 25, and 20, yeah, 23, 24, 25, uh, online. Um, the panel will promote many of their upcoming projects, one of which is my comic. Uh, Mark says, I hope you come to my panel. Uh, the panel will be broadcast on San Diego Comic-Con site on Saturday, July 25th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you guys uh, ever wondered about the comic that I've been talking about for over 30 years, uh, go check out the panel and you'll get a little insight on it. And hopefully it will garner some support and get this book published. Yay! But uh, as I mentioned before, um, this week we are going to be uh, talking mostly about um, Elsie Ginsberg. Uh, what's really cool is that I managed to talk to, have an interview with her um, from the Immortal Con, one of the one of the conventions that she runs, and this was from our uh, September 24th, 2016 show. So we're going to air, if not the entire episode, which is only a half an hour, so that's going to be at the other end of the after we take our break. But at very least, I'm going to air the uh, interview, which I did with her. Great interview, too. Definitely worth listening to. Thank you. Um, for those of you who don't know, Elsie is was a um, event organizer. That's I guess that's the best uh, category to put her under. She ran um, a film festival, the Macabre Fair Film Festival. Uh, she also ran a Immortal Con, which is about cancer awareness for a convention, and she also did a flea market. Um, a horror flea market. She did um, many other side events, but uh, all under her Twitch Twitch Productions uh, banner. Um, I met her through another event organizer. She was working with uh, Frank Patz from Eternal Con, and um, as always, I try to get press passes for myself and our staff so they can go attend these events. And um, we see I got an email from her. And I actually sent Charlie to go down to get the press pass because I couldn't make the event. And I spoke to her on the phone. And talking to her on the phone, like we emailed back and forth, just like a quick thing, here's my number, give me a call, it's better this way, one of those type of deals. And um, instantly, when she spoke to me on the phone, it was like she was my best friend. She treated me like I was family. And like I said, I had no idea who the hell she was. And Charlie was actually the first one to meet her, and he told me that she gave him a kiss and a hug, and she was just she just welcomed him into the, to to her family. And I met Elsie, I think, a couple months later at a different event, and once again she just treated us like we were family. And it was such a, a weird thing to you meet somebody, and the first you know the first instinct is to treat your family open, warming, and loving, giving. So that was really yeah, cool. Those are, those are the signs of a sociopath. <laughs> well, they do. They, they make you feel like you're, you're the best, and narcissists do that too. But no, I'm not diagnosing her as a sociopath or a narcissist. And she does have seem to have a maternal, warm, uh, welcoming energy. So I think that's really it. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, yeah. uh, she had plenty of opportunities to off me, and she didn't. So, you know, good, good job with that. Um, so she held a, uh, the film festival that she had, the Macabre Fair Film Festival. We covered, she had a red carpet. There was a lot of pictures on our Facebook page. Tons of uh, all the stuff, the uh, interactions with her are on our Facebook page. You can go check out all the pictures. Um, the film festival was different than any other film festival I've been to, and she had people from all around the world uh, yeah. coming in. As a matter of fact, I think I told you, Jennifer, off the, off the show about one guy who I had talked to as, as I was watching his film, he was from England. It was, it was a very rare experience to, to see tons of films, and she had this dinner. Holy crap. It was a, a buffet dinner. There was entertainment. It was an award show. You got little uh, like figurine statues. It was a big deal. You got plaques. It was great like for, yeah. for, for a production of that, of, for a film festival. It was the best thing I've ever seen. 
Well, she seemed very creative and very, very intelligent. She said in the interview she gets bored easily. So I can imagine if she gets bored easily, and that's why she has to do several shows a year, she's probably going over the top and making each show a little extra and not slacking. It seems like she really put her all into this. Yeah, I, I, I can say, definitely say that she did. It was, uh, it was her. Like, without it, hopefully they'll be able to continue on with her events. But she, she was the heart and soul of, of, of the, uh, the thing. I mean, her husband, Adam Ginsberg, was there as well, but it was really all her. Like, you could tell it was, it was all her. She, she was just there 100%. It was all her. And yeah, she's um, a mastermind. What was that? She's a mastermind. She's a typical um, mastermind archetype. There's just traits that different people who get things done have that I've noticed, and listening to her, he's like, oh, this is definitely a mastermind. This is a producer. It's a shame that you never got, as an actress, it's a shame you never got to go to... Well, I did. I did go to the Haunted Flea Market. You did? I did, and you know what's funny, because we always talk about this, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to bring up the synchronicity yet. I want to get through the interview, but there is a major synchronicity with this this going on. And I had even looked up Twitch Twitch Productions. I want to say in 2016 and 2017, I wanted to go the following year. I believe I went one of those years, and I was so good that I wanted to go again. And then I think I heard they canceled it. But I'm looking up Twitch Twitch, and I was really fascinated several years ago. What's this Twitch Twitch Productions? What is this? And I'm looking into it. I was very intrigued, and I thought they did an incredible job on the flea market. It was very unique. It was like nothing I've ever been to. I was, I was so um, surprised that you hadn't heard of her, and then you have. You've, you've, you've interacted with her because she was just that big on Long Island. She had cancer. Uh, she had breast cancer, and it went into remission. And I think that was around the time when I when I first met her. It was probably about six, seven years ago. And then it came back and it went into her brain. And when I did the interview, it was already in her brain. She had stage four cancer. And at the time, despite the fact that I'm well aware of cancer, I didn't know the stages. I just knew, you know, you get cancer, you die. That was pretty much it. Yeah. And she had stage four, so I'm like, well... How how bad is stage four? Is it like you know six, seven, eight? There's there isn't four is it? That's the highest right. stage. Right. But and she, it seemed like in the interview, like she was saying goodbye because there's a certain tone, there's certain things that my friends before they pass have said, and the tone was like that. So I mean, that really felt like that to me. And I mean, it it was weird because during that convention, we actually had a panel. She was you know had a panel about talking about cancer and on. And that, and we all sat in a little circle in the hotel during the convention. She moderated the panel, and she said, "You know, it's times like this you just appreciate what's happening right now, and you know you're going to remember this for years to come, just because you're all together supporting each other, even just emotionally." Mm-hmm. And I do. I remember it like it was yesterday, and right. I saw her deteriorating. In front of my eyes, she uh, moved to Florida because she lives in Long Island. She moved to Florida. That, well, I believe that's why they canceled the next uh, flea market because she moved to Florida. But then she still came back to do a couple of conventions here and there. And I saw her, the last two times I saw her was last year, 2019. I saw her in New Jersey at a horror, uh, horror convention, which was really the last time I really had a chance to sit, you know, to talk with her. And even then, even in her weakened state, I can, I, you know, you see, I mean, this has happened to me a lot, so I'm very familiar with people who are dying with cancer. I, I see these things, and you just kind of know you're, you're talking to somebody, you're like, I'm probably not going to see you again. Uh-huh. But she was still, despite her, her appearance, she was still like, oh, I want to bring the festival to Florida, I want to do this, I want to do that. And she was saying, you know, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that. And I said, look, whatever you need me to do, I will be more than happy to help you out. And she's like, well, we can see we can figure it out. Matter of fact, we were talking about um, having me chauffeuring all the guests from the airport in Florida. That was how far we got with the conversation. And she was always, like I said, she was always on, always thinking, even when she was the most tired. Like, a lot of times, nowadays with with the whole mask thing, she wore a mask because her immune system was compromised. Right. And she used to tell everybody, don't hug me, don't touch me, because, you know, you're going to give me the germs to make it worse. So I always made sure I stayed one mark away from her. (laughs) 
And she was like, she used to hate when people used to come into. I mean, she appreciated it, but she used to hate because they weren't listening to her. Mm. You see, I relate to her on another level. A lot of times I pretend like I have some type of disease just to keep people away from me, which I've, I've actually done. I'm not joking. Huh. Mm -hmm. So. It's great with my kissing scenes. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I might have herpes, you know, I had a little bit of a scare. I don't know if you really want me to kiss this guy. So, but yeah, even then, she was still really into trying to make something happen, despite the fact of her of her condition. So that was always an inspiration to me. Like I, every time I look at her, and she always has something to say, and she, it was always something positive, and always something motivational. Knowing very well her situation, it was it was it was an amazing thing to see and to experience. Well, she said that. She said that she got a lot of joy out of watching people enjoy the events that she made. So I think that she said she lives for it, actually. So I think when you're going through certain things, you know, my mom is going through chemo now, and it's totally different to watch someone else go through it. But, you know, it's still tough, and I think probably most people listening have been touched by cancer. But when we have hardships, which I think <laughs> there's always something garbage and horrible going on at each point to me that's one reason why i try to do interesting things and yeah i mean i'm hosting this film festival in october so that's one thing that's kind of keeping me afloat you know you do interesting things and you can kind of forget the cancer like she said she said she'd do the event and then the next day she'd have to rest and her legs would be hurting but she would be so excited to be at the events that she was hosting it's a crazy thing <laughs> I mean, you've seen at least behind the scenes of how crazy the guy in charge is in these events. Oh, yeah. So you hardly ever get a chance to actually speak to them while stuff's right. going on. So I used to see her all the time whenever she was running an event. And it was very rare I got a chance to sit down and talk with her. But I always used to make it a point to be like, hey, this was a really good event. You know, people I'm talking to, very positive um, things that happen. Because a lot of times you can go to an event that is crappy and everybody's miserable. But her events were very, um, very positive. I, I like that. I think it was all because, I mean, she had a great staff. Like, you know, she couldn't do it all herself. And she acknowledged that. She said, I don't claim to be, like, the expert and know everything, the queen of horror or film festival. So she has a great team. And that's really what it's about when you're making these events. You need a huge team. And a very efficient one. And she did. Now, granted, these events were on the... Uh, Small, medium scale. I mean, they weren't like big, super New York Comic Con size events, but for what they were, they were great. I always had a great time. Uh, meet tons of people, and she always hated the word networking. She always hated that. She's like, you don't come to network. You come to 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 build relationships and to talk to people and to interact with them. Networking is kind of uh, in, in, uh, impersonal, impartial, you know. And when I think of a networking event, I think of a bunch of nobodies don't have friends that are just looking <laughs> to make friends. And it's like, do I really want to be here with all these people that are desperate to, quote, network? Uh, anyone that's really said network to me usually someone I don't want to uh, network with. So, yeah. like I said, she made sure that it was a family incorporating event to make sure people were intimate and talk to you and interact. And I've met, like I said, I've met tons of people through her events, some of which I'm still friends now. And um, when, when, they, when I found out that she had died, you know, the love on, on social media is, is tremendous. I'm uh, sure. I met two friends, actually. The one event I went to, I, had, I met two friends I'm still friends with today. And yeah. we had such a good time at the event, and everyone was really nice. It, I mean, it definitely was, you know, local. It was a big event. It was definitely a big undertaking. The last, uh, the last uh, interaction I had with her, I saw her at the Eternal Con in, I'd say, probably August of last year. And I only spoke to her for a few minutes because she was uh, running her, her table. And I was running around, as I tend to do, and try to get just say hi to everybody, as many people as I can. And even then, she was you know, worse off than the last time I had saw her. So I'm like, oh, this is not, it's not going well. And every time I always thought this is going to be the last time I see her, so I always wanted to make sure I just told her I appreciated her, you know, I cared for her, and I you know, to thank her for everything that she's did. And even then, even then, she was still thinking about her next thing, her next project. And I'm like, man, I, I can only wish to have half 
that that motivation that she has. Yeah, I think she really lived for it. I really think she said that. It was true. It was a bit of a life force, it really felt like. So it wasn't a chore or something that really stressed her out, although I'm sure it did. But it seemed like it gave her reasons to keep going. I think she truly enjoyed doing that. And I think she was doing a service, too. And she could tell how much people really enjoyed things, so she wanted to do it almost as a charitable type of feel, it felt like. It, I mean, and the events were worth it. So that, that was the thing. So not only was her desire to make this, she actually succeeded in what she wanted to do. I still have a, an object that I bought from the last event. It was human meat. <laughs> I said, what is it made of? It said, human meat, meat from humans. I, I still don't know what's in it. It's in my drawer. Uh, I don't really know what's in it, but uh, it might be human meat. That was uh, the bizarre film, the bizarre flea market. So she was, she, uh, was trying to get different and unique items from all around to, to have people sell and come to that event. And I heard it was a very successful event. And uh, I think she did, I think she did three. Um, did you go to the one in the winter or the one in like the fall? It's one over Halloween time. Okay, okay. Because I know one that was like, it was snowed one day and they had a walk. And it was at the barn, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. old Yeah, yeah, and it was when it was in the snow, and that's the one that Charlie went to, and he's like, "Oh my God, I had a walk, and it was snow, and it was this, uh, but it was great." It was. It was really unique. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, an event's good when you find yourself online with your friends, both trying to find out when the next one is, and then we find out it's canceled, and it was on my schedule. I remember putting it on my crazy schedule, and then seeing it was canceled, and we were so bummed. So, you know, so that, that little story, if, uh, if you believe in the afterlife or what have you, you know, she, mm -hmm. that's what she lived for. So she, you, you, you just validated her. Totally. Yeah, I, I really wanted to go to the last event, and I wanted to take pictures and film it. It was very unique. Um, you can use a creator. So the last, the last uh, interaction I had with her was around Christmas time, like maybe November, December. Maybe even January, uh, she wanted to get a dog. And um, she was asking what type of dog should she get. And she was concerned because of her health that, you know, it might not be fair to the dog to get a new dog. And I had yeah. sent her, uh, I, I, I took a look at the pictures of the dog and I was like, oh, I like this one. She's like, oh, you have great taste. And that was the last time she responded to me. Every other time, it was just a couple of, couple of weeks or so, maybe a month or two later, like, hey, you know, I'm just thinking about you, you know, positivity out there, all that stuff. Never got a reply. So, yeah. Uh -huh. That was it. It seemed like she was really busy, so I bet you that's why you didn't get a reply. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure either maybe you know, she was getting a lot and she couldn't respond, yeah. or she was very sick and she couldn't respond. Did she ever get a dog? I don't know. Mm. Uh, most, uh, I think she posted one or two things on social media after that, so she never posted if she got the dog or not. I know she mm. posted um, her in the, in the hospital. And, um, did she have an event at her house? Did she have an event in her house? She had parties in her house. Yeah, not sure. I might have been to her house. I don't know whose house it was, but they had this like bizarre flea market type thing. But it's someone's house. And I felt very pulled to go to that. And I'm wondering. I wonder if she was there. I don't know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to look into this because I might have been to her house. It's it's very possible. I mean, she, like she was so big that you you don't even know you interacted with her, or you interact with somebody who knew her. Like that's how big she was. But we're almost out of time, so um, I'm gonna I'll give it to you for the final thought. Like, so you you learned a lot about her. You listened to the interview. You you. Listened. Did you know the creator of this film? festival about the flea market a year ago. So here I finally get to learn about the mysterious creator. I had no idea. Um, so, yeah, do you have any final thoughts on uh, an Elsie of, of what you learned? My final thoughts are quotes from her last interview, where she said, it's up to me to find the bright moments in every day. I try to do the same, and cancer can make you feel like you are just got to go and hide. I get joy out of watching other people enjoy her events. And she said, this is what you live for. And she said, when it's time, this is her final thought on your last show, when it's time to say your permanent goodbyes, you better make sure better make sure she emphasized that that you left an impact i live by that for sure and um i i can't add anything more than that and i'll say she did she really truly did 
Um, I'm going to miss her. Uh, she was a great, great person. Um, loved by, I would say, 90% of the world. I'm sure somebody hates you always. <laughs> no way. Everybody right. can't love you 100%. But um, she, she did well. I, I really appreciated her time that I've known her. Um, like I said, we have the show that we're going to air. Most likely to uh, be the interview and most of us talking about um, the Immortal Con, which was one of her conventions. And like I said, this is from the September 24th show of 2016, but I'm going to put most of it after we take our break. So um, thank you all for listening. And uh, yeah, so we're going to take our break and we're going to be right back with It Came From The Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Ultimate Comics and Games of Baldwin is the place to go for all your comics and gaming needs. We are now offering in-store pickup because new comics are back. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from 11 to 8, Thursday from noon to 5, Friday from 2 to 8, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, or independent comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-113. For details. You can also contact us through our Facebook page. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Mark Torres, we came from the radio. Welcome Hi, once again to another Hi, episode. Um, once again, we are doing a live uh, on-the-spot, on-tape show I at, feel the, at the Immortal Con. We are, we are live. Um, on tape. We on are tape, live yes. on tape, eating rhubarb pie. <laughs> I don't know why that's part of this. I'm, I'm here with our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Ciao. And our traveling correspondent, Hassan Godwin. Who am I? What am I? Where have I been? And, man, um, we're going to be doing a, though, right? We're going to be doing our show um, live uh, about this. But first, uh, actually, we don't even have news because usually we take it away with the news, but there's no news. Um, but the Why show. Why can't we take it away with the news? Because the news is there's no news. Take it away with the news. I desperately have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> so rush the show, Mark. Hey, okay. <laughs> This episode, we're going to be talking about the uh, Immortal Con. Um, what's really cool about the Immortal Con is that it is about cancer awareness. All the um, proceeds go to uh, awareness helping, for cancer. Helping us all be aware of the, the terribleness of cancer and what can, we can do about it. But it's not just that. It's, it's actually a little more um, than that because they. Um, I know that they actually, the showrunner, who I'm going to try to get an interview with, Elsie McCobb, um, she has stage four cancer, and what it is is that they also focus on the people who are relatives and friends who can be dealing with cancer. So it's not just you know the cancer research and whatever. They also take care of families that can't afford to to get off of work or you know or have their own hotel or or even be with the people who get receiving treatment. So I think that's kind of important that, that uh, she does that, and it's really, really nice. So, Hassan, um, this is your first time at the Immortalcon, right? Nope. No, it's not. Yeah, it's probably my first time. It's not my first time at this venue. It's not my first convention here. It's not my first convention on the island. 
But yes, it might it, it might very well be my first Immortal Con. And what are your thoughts of the Immortal Con? I think it's well done. I enjoyed it. I think it's got a lot of stuff in it. It's very packed. You know, it's uh, it's obviously very successful. It's run by you know really together people. Um, there there's no negativity the whole day. No no negative uh, run-ins, bad run-ins. Security people seem to know what they're doing and are cheerful. Uh, I think it's good. That, that actually is an important uh, thing, the the vibe of this convention. Yeah. There's no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here at a convention. Everybody seems to want to be yeah, here. Yeah, everybody's kind of happy and bubbly and like people are running around in costumes. It's exactly what every other convention seems like it should be, um, but sometimes it's not. There's Sometimes there's that element of, of, of you know, uh, for lack of a, the right kind of word, we'll cut it out later, like an element of douchiness, <laughs> you know, that, that just is is not welcome but even when we went to take our hiatus and we went to the restaurant in the hotel even they were accommodating to us yes, you know yes, it was the, you the know bar and grill, yeah. yeah so so i mean it was a, it was a good time all around it's a it's a good venue um there's good for the for the hotel itself there there are good conference rooms there are good auditoriums there's there's you know for for music there are, you know the, the like i said the hotel is very accommodating there's there's food and there's drink um, at, at certain times of the day, uh, so yeah, there's an elevator that works for you know <laughs> for the for the people who are stair Make challenged. Make sure you have a working elevator. Yes, if you're gonna have an event. Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna have the sweaties come, then make sure there's an elevator for the sweaties. So. It's, uh, it was a good place. I liked it. What about you, Charlie? What are your thoughts on the Immortal Con? Um, the sense of organization is flawless. It's it's uh, it's run beautifully, like like Hassan said. I I think that everybody here uh, is in good spirits because they know they're they're doing this for a cause. There, everything they buy is for a cause. Everything they look at is for a cause, and I think that makes people feel good all the way around. And uh, the people who are running it are happy. The the people who are here are happy, which makes everyone everyone's attitude um, very happy here. So yeah. that that might be the secret that it should be for a good cause. So they're not thinking hey. about making money. They're thinking about raising awareness and money for this yeah, but cause. Yeah, I mean, I've been to places where they've, they, they've been for a good cause, and it's just, you know, you can't... <laughs> for a good cause, but they're not yeah, happy they're about of, it. they're a bunch of jerks, you know, Save but... Jimmy from the well. You can't, yeah, you can't help it sometimes. Sometimes, like, you know, you have a bad day, something something stupid happened that shouldn't have happened, and, you know, it just puts you in a mood, and you, you do your best to pull yourself out of it. Other people try to compensate for you, but sometimes you, you just... It's just, I'm just saying that for, for this particular show... This particular place of time, weather's great. People are in a great mood. It's you know, it's it's a kind of a small place, but it's it. I didn't feel like we ran out of stuff to do, or we ran out of space, we ran out of you know events to look at. So it was good. It really it really is a good thing. But I didn't think about it until you asked me. Okay, you fair know, enough. So. Fair enough. And and um, they utilize space well here, and uh, it's you're not bumping into people, you're not. Uh, doing anything and I think the reason Hassan didn't think about it uh, until you asked him because nothing pissed him off <laughs> no, I was not pissed I was not I was I was uh, relatively I saw some friends I uh, you know I, I hung out I wasn't tired we got to sit you know um, I saw a crazy uh, j-pop show so yeah it was a it was a productive day for it came from the radio and also, um, I would be remiss if we didn't mention that Carrie the intern was Never here. Never be remiss. And she's still here. <laughs> she is still um, here. She's, she's there somewhere. Looking, she's... looking exhausted as usual. See, uh, Hassan likes to bother me about geeking out in front of somebody, my Power Ranger love. Which I did not. I was very professional. She was a, a very nice person. But, um... Uh, Kara was in love, in love, because <laughs> she really was with, uh, uh, Quentin Flynn. Um, he was sitting there, he's an anime voice, uh, video game actor. Okay. And she, uh, she was so excited to see him. I wish there's a panel going on right now with him, which is why she's not here with us. But it was funny because, um, she was so excited and he wasn't at his table when we get, when she got in. Uh-oh. And then, um, we, we split up, we all did, had our assignments to do, and then I walked by the panel again, I saw that he was there by himself, so I immediately went to find Karen, I told her, and she just ninja flipped out of there. <laughs> I turned to talk to Charlie for two seconds, 
And then I go upstairs to follow her, and then she comes back to me. I just embarrassed myself in front of the guy. I was like, how did you do it so fast? What happened? She says, I just ran up to him and, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And she's like, he was so scared of me. He ran away. He ran away she from felt her. so bad. He said, it's morphing time, and he ran away. But, Charlie, you, um... You actually, this is, uh, you've been here at the Emoticon before, right? This is your yes, second, second, second year, right? What was the question? This is your second year. Because <laughs> I don't listen to you, Mark. <laughs> so what was the question? This is your second year being here, right? This would be my second year, yes, Mark. And this is uh, the same place as the Haunt Fair that was here a couple of, uh, last right. month, I believe. And it's run by the same people who do the Haunt Fair and the Macabre Fair Film Festival. Yeah. So, being at the same venue, do you notice a difference between the Haunt Fair and the Emoticon run by the same folks? Being at the same, I um, at the same venue, it's. Um, I noticed that it was a lot easier to get. Like, like I automatically knew something was downstairs. Right. You know, like there was other life downstairs, and um, the second room downstairs wasn't as large as the haunt fair. Right. But uh, it would still, it was still filled up, and uh, yeah, being at the same venue helps tremendously because. I knew where it was, walked in, knew where the tables yeah. were, and uh, and it's great that Elsie uh, sets it up the same way because um, it, it's just a beautiful layout. They even have the big head with the hand <laughs> that you can take pictures in, which... Um, uh, that's Cara, not part of the hotel? Yeah, she, yeah that's, that's, that's worth the price of a mission right there. <laughs> I think the three of us should get in that hand and have somebody take a picture of us. The, the big head uh, Charlie is referring to is, uh, is a prop from Attack on Titan. Um, this is just really big, um, non, uh, what would you call it? It's a, it's a human head with a, with no epidermis yes. and, uh, and, and, and a hand with no epidermis reaching out. And I guess people can go and get and wrap themselves in the fingers and, make themselves look like they're being eaten as by one, one of the as titans. As one would tend to do. Yeah, but in that situation. Uh, yes, it's a uh, it it's kind of creepy. <laughs> before the day is why, out. I don't know why you would want to do it, but yes, yeah, it's Before the day is out, friends. Hassan will be taking a picture of me in the big hand. All right, so you know I took a picture of, of 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 Kara in the big hand. That would so. be interesting to see. Yeah, it's in here somewhere. It's but, in uh, here somewhere. He's talking about the camera he's holding in his Charlie's hand. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our break. And um, I'm going to try to get an interview with uh, the head, Elsie uh, Macabre. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel, Tamon, uh, and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. Charles Saladino, senior correspondent from It Came From The Radio. We have a segment on our show, uh, It's The News, and the segment within the news is called Sad News. Well, this goes beyond sad news. Last week we lost one of our own, one of our dearest, one of our most beautiful, courageous human beings that I've ever had the pleasure and honor to meet. Elsie Ginsberg has lost a battle with cancer, a battle that she fought long and hard and many years. It was like the worst hand you can get dealt in a poker game. And Elsie rode that hand out to the bitter end. There's nothing I could say that we all don't already know about Elsie. She was an amazing showrunner. Her shows were better than a lot of shows I've ever been to. Um, she was very hospitable to our show. I can't say enough about how kind she was to us. And there is just, we are, we are so saddened by this news. It is just devastating. There, it's hard to find the words when you really know someone you, that you worked with, you've walked into that convention room and you see Elsie there and she gives you that big smile and that warm embrace and welcomes you in there and once that happens you're definitely in Elsie land you uh, just know that you're gonna have the best time at one of her conventions it was like I said 
an experience working at conventions and just the many people that were at those conventions and that also loved Elsie. There are some of them that we have become lifelong friends and that's all definitely Elsie's work. I know they are devastated and I know this business has lost one of its giants. I send all my prayers and thoughts to Adam Ginsberg and Elsie's family. I do not know what else to say but the world has lost one of the most beautiful beautiful human beings and it goes without saying heaven has gained one of its most beautiful angels rest in peace Elsie you will be missed this is Charlie Saladino senior correspondent for it came from the radio hello and welcome back to it came from the radio as promised I managed to track down Elsie Ginsberg, the head of the Immortalcon, the Macabre Fair Film Festival, and the Haunt Fair. Say hi, Elsie. Hello, everybody. So I wanted to make sure I got a chance to talk to you because we're always at these events and I never get a chance to talk to you about it. We're already doing a show about what the Immortalcon is. How did that idea come to you to make a separate event just for this? Well, I mean, ultimately, my initial mission was how do I get the ear or the attention of younger people some way somehow just something to help build uh, cancer awareness in these young people because the percentage of young people coming down with breast cancer and this this is not only women this is men, uh, men as well um, it, the, the numbers are, are crazy it is just so high and you know I knew that we couldn't just say hey we're gonna have a special cancer awareness event because that's just not you know it's gloomy it's sad so I decided wait a minute you know on Long Island it's not like we have a whole lot of anime stuff and I know these kids love anime and these are exactly some of the kids that I want to get the attention of so we decided why don't we put the forefront anime fantasy so that they know they're gonna have some fun but with putting um, an institute like the uh, Stony Brook Cancer Center right in the front so when they're coming in you know regardless if they stopped at that table or not you saw it you thought about maybe somebody even for a brief moment if not yourself and thought wow that's right aunt joe has cancer or i was just diagnosed two months ago but i don't want to tell anybody but wow they actually have a couple of panels that maybe i can talk to somebody about that's not in my immediate circle so that i feel a little more comfortable talking about it so anyway the point was that i just felt this is how i can kind of maybe reach some of those young ears and still have a lot of fun and hopefully make a difference for at least one person and by make a difference don't think that cancer discriminates I don't care how young you are and don't think it's just for the ladies getting breast cancer there are many men young young men that I've been finding out are coming down with breast cancer as well it's, you don't even think about that but it's the reality and so uh, just make them more conscious with it taking a shower and whatever check check for those lumps check for anything that's just off um, and go from there. And it's nice, as you mentioned, to make it into a fun event. So as, as they always say, well, growing up for me, the best way to teach a kid something is to make it fun. So I think that's very important that you made this event very fun. It's a very well-run convention, as we mentioned on the show. How do you find it to be different than the Haunts Fair stuff that you normally do? It's a completely different animal. So how do you decide to work with both of them together? I have a crew that knows how to handle the anime group. And then there's a different crew that knows how to handle my horror people, because you're right. Two completely different things. Age range is probably one of the biggest differences, in my opinion, um, with anime. A lot younger um, turnout, where with my horror events, my paranormal events, uh, much uh, more mature crowd as far as age goes. And um, so that's one of the biggest ones. And listen, I am not claiming to be the master of anime and the master of horror and the master of film festivals. I'm not the master of any of these. That's why I have a very, you know, competent team that is very well knowledge uh, or has a great deal of knowledge, I should say, in these particular categories, genres, that they can help me to facilitate these kinds of events because otherwise I might as well hang it up right now. In addition to running 
three different conventions, three every year, three of them. You also have you also have your own uh, um, eyes, the macabre eyes, right? Your own company. So tell us a little bit about that. The Macabre Eyes is basically, um, we have a distributor out in Georgia. They are an FDA-cleared company. Uh, they supply the contact lenses for the majority of uh, haunts in the United States. Uh, basically been around for many years. And um, they've given me some permission to be an additional distributor, if you will. And um, it's a lot of fun for me because I get to meet a lot of zombies from The Walking Dead and all that good stuff. And they need, a, they need eyeballs, so they come to me. So it's just a little side thing that helps me to obtain the dollars that I need that will feed all these different events. And keep in mind, yeah, it sounds really big that I do three different events. But they're very intimately sized events. And we keep it that way because we're hoping that you kind of feel like you're with a bunch of friends versus going into a building with a bunch of people that you're upset that you're rubbing shoulders with them. You don't know who they are. So I think people kind of feel like, oh my God, I feel like I went to high school and all my friends were there and we had a good time and now it's time to go home. So a lot of events, but they're more controllable now. I can't promise you the same thing for 2017 because for 2017, we are um, in the midst of planning a witchcraft and wizardry world event so for those of us who love the magical the harry potter the all that good stuff um the plan is to have it coming to long island for april 2017 um over in old Bethpage, and then uh, we are looking to put together a bizarre flea market for the month of march the first weekend in march so that's actually in in planning stages right now so when you were young, Elsie, that was a while ago. Were you thinking about, hey, I want to just run my own empire of conventions and all this stuff, or did it just kind of happen? You fell your way into it. You know, first of all, I use the word empire very loosely because you know what does empire mean? Um, there are some people that can have just so much, and they feel so fulfilled. They feel rich just in that. Um, I know that for myself, I think it really all started when I started realizing that I loved hosting parties in my own home. I love hosting. Like, I make a big feast. I love seeing people enjoy the cooking. I enjoy that everybody ate everything and everybody's laughing and everybody's having a drink and all this stuff and meeting new people that they would have never met otherwise. That, I think, is what really started all of this is, wow, I kind of like this stuff. Not that I'm saying I wanted to be an event planner for other people. I like being my own planner. But um, I think that's what it is. I, I just love being that, um, that person who puts the party together, come on out, enjoy the party, and then everybody go home. Kind of like the auntie also that likes all the nieces and nephews. Oh, come on, Titi is here for you. Okay, you guys all have a home to go to on Sunday. Okay, scoot, scoot, scoot. Titi already did all of her job. But I, I really do enjoy that a lot. And the other thing, too, is that I get bored very quickly. So this is why I don't just do one event a year, because I know myself. I could be working on that event for four months, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at the calendar and thinking to myself, when is the next thing? There is no, more, there is no next thing. I'm still working on the thing. And I'm going to get really bored. So, eh, no, not for me. I'd rather have a bunch of, and I'm also a buffet dinner type of lady. See? I don't, I'm not that person who, who enjoys uh, the a la carte, you know, like, oh, this is the one thing, and then you have the baked potato, and now you're going to pay $500 for that plate. $25, and I want the gamma. That's what I want. So I kind of feel the same way in how I'm doing these shows, because they're all different from each other. Speaking of which, what do you have coming up? Well, I have the Macabre Fair Film Festival, which is every Martin Luther King, thank goodness, uh, January. So uh, it's going to be happening at the Clarion Hotel. Uh, we did move it from another venue that we had. This hotel just lends itself to a nicer flow. And uh, again, I like that you're, you're forced to talk to people versus being in a big area and you're not really wanting to talk to anybody. So the Macabre Film Festival is going to be ran just a little bit differently in that we're going to be um, showing a few less titles just because we want to really be able to space out the films a little bit more. And, and we can. We're in a position to do that. Uh, where before it was all about, you know, we want to make sure that let's get everybody, let's get everybody, let's get everybody. But now 
we've got too much stuff coming in and unfortunately not everything is going to make it whether it be because of time constraints or because of quality whatever the case is not everything's going to make it so um, I think this go around we're probably going to shoot for about maybe 60 titles in comparison to 100 but I think it's going to also allow for us to talk with the filmmakers who attend and have a little more fun in that and because uh, I get it I listen uh, it doesn't mean I have all the answers right away but it's not like we're not listening so we're trying to kind of mold it more to what you are all asking for and finally um, do you have any inspirational words you know I would say most of your words are inspiration because you're an inspiration to me I really do appreciate you and everything you say it's, it's amazing um, do you have any inspiration for people who might be suffering from cancer right now for those people who are suffering from cancer right now, whether you're in remission or if you're stage four like myself and you just don't know when you're going to start traveling down the really slippery slope of no return, all I can say is that it's really up to you, it's up to me, to find my bright moments every day because otherwise cancer is enough in itself to make you want to go hide in the corner in the dark and cry and it's always so emotional because I'm in the shoes but you have to I get joy out of seeing people enjoying Immortal Con this is my bright day this is my bright moment and then on Monday I'll feel all the pain in my legs from all of this and then that's probably when I'm gonna cry in my room and say what am I doing I'm crazy uh, but the reality is is that this is what you live for because when when you when you finally get to that point that you're gonna say your permanent goodbyes you better make sure you better make sure that you've left an impact so that no matter what events are going on no matter what group of people are gathering they're always gonna take a moment to say remember when and it's gonna put a smile on everybody's face and if they do cry they're gonna cry because you just left such a wonderful impact and they're hoping that you're listening at that moment and that's it thank you so much i really appreciate it and now back to the rest of the show all right we are back um if uh the... i felt like i never left <laughs> all right so um i guess we'll have uh, some final thoughts final thoughts uh hassan uh i really like the immortal con um it's it's for a good cause it's really well run good spirits good adventure um good experience for the day of uh, good friends uh good j-pop yeah so so you know uh come down next time next time it comes to town make it a part of your uh, weekend you will not be disappointed hassan uh, wow that Hassan, was yes charlie what's your final thought <laughs> Well, nice job. <laughs> I, I, I love any convention Elsie and Adam Ginsberg are a part of, um, especially this one. It's, it's uh, close to my heart. It's, it's for cancer research and cancer awareness. And uh, I just, again, it's run so beautifully. It makes it an amazing convention to come to and an amazing convention to be at. My final thought is this. Um, I love Adam and Elsie. They treat us like family. It's really amazing how we've only met them like two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, and they treat us like we've known them forever. Um, they run great conventions. They're not super crowded, which is awesome. Their events are well run, all of them. Um, but this one in particular, I think it's really important, as I mentioned, because uh, cancer is a big deal for me. My father died of cancer, my mother died of cancer, my sister had cancer. So, you know, it's it's very important for this type of event to be done and they should do more stuff like this. Um, I really appreciate uh, what they're doing and I hope that Elsie uh, will be around to do it 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. So, that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Does it, Mark? Does it really do it? Join us right here and every week on this station. If you miss any part of our show, Tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com. Listen do to it. our archives, which should be up in a week or so. Listen you can always check us out on our iHeartRadio page. Um, and also check us out on beyondthedawnstudios.com. 
Um, I guess uh, we'll see you uh, next time. Take it You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.